And I suppose that's because um, it's something that's so important that's on my heart. And I think also because I've been a Christian for a very, very long time, but it really feels like it's only really in the last six years that I've really taken this on board. And I would say that it's the revelation of my position in Christ that that has really um, caused me to grow in my faith and in my love for Jesus. So what I want to um, remind us is that God is not so interested in our performance as he is in our position. But actually, our position affects our performance. So what is our position? What has Jesus done for us? Well, we talk a lot about the grace of God. And sometimes we need to be reminded, actually I think we frequently need to be reminded, what does that mean? So the grace of God literally means the unmerited favor of God to us. What does it mean, unmerited favor? It means that it's not based on my performance. Because if it was based on my performance, it could be merited. But it's unmerited. And I want to um, look at two of the apostles and think about how their view of God, how they position themselves in front of God, affected their performance. So we're going to think about Peter and John. John actually means God is gracious. Now Peter apparently means, people, people translate it often as rock, but that apparently is Petros, Petros no Petra, the female version, but Petros is a stone, and it has with it some connotation of instability. It's not the same when Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, he said, upon this Petra I will build my church. Uh, 
It wasn't upon Petros I will build my church. Hasab yes Petros ivraksarkem Petra ivraksarkem or majair. So Pet Petra is is a rock which connotes stability. So Petron I think is jair were suited alis were mahat ujer himk. But Petros has a connotation of some sort of instability. But Petros, Petros, I think a mebane vor sharjevume pin chivor vren meban kainas. So how strange that God would change Peter's name from Simeon to Peter. But he talks kira vor he inchu astvas Petrosi anun pochet arat sai muner heto sarkaf Peter. Why? I wonder why that was. Inchu inchu astvas iranun pochet Jesus. Now John was someone that um, rested on the love of God for him. Hovanesa mehokier vor shat hangister astuseri mech manala irahamar. But Peter was someone that was very confident of his own love for God. Pas Petros shat ira banatreler vestauchuna dreler iraseri hantep astutun. John called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. Orinak who ban hovanesa asav yes in ashagert nem vor hisuse inzi siret john is um found in um the time when they're all at the last supper leaning on jesus's chest orenak hovanesi vor masin gret avor inch pes verchi ban antrik vor iraret keran nestat yev gluch dreler hisusi useri John was always thinking and was always conscious about how great God's love was for him. Hovanes mischt et mit kimech uner vor ish kam astatu serahante biran ujer yev mete. John lived up to his name. Hovanes ir anuni hamemat apretz that it's God who is gracious. Vorovetev imatseler andradarteler vor his astvatne vor shnur koni hante biran. But Peter had some lessons to learn. Vais Petrus petke iradas sovorer. Peter was very confident in his zeal for Jesus. Petrosa ira vstautyun dreler ira ujin ira takutyan astuhante. Peter was the first out of the boat to walk on the water. Orinak Petrosa arachi hokiner vor voroshets et navakis durska yev juri vra khaili. When um, Jesus was coming to wash the disciples' feet. Enjemanak vor Jesus galis er vor ira ashakertneri voter lvanar. Peter said, "No, no, no, Lord, you can't wash me." Petros asav che chem iravun tavur du im voteris levanas. And then Jesus said, "If I don't wash you, you don't have any part with me." Heto hes Jesus niran asav yete yesko voteris jelevanam du imech mas chones. And then Peter said, "Okay, Lord, then just wash all of me, not just my feet. Wash all of me." So Petros iramit ke pochun asme lav menak voteris pas mi levati alurib marmenes levati. Peter was zealous. Petrus takuchunun er Hisusi hante. But Jesus said, I don't need to wash all of you. You are already clean. But Jesus iran hishetsar vor karik chunem ko marminet levanam, vorovetev du arten makures. Peter wanted to please God. Petrus shot eruzum vor astutum goh paher. And perhaps in some way he was always trying to impress himself. Yeah, shot jamanak Petrus ana parnerov uzum er vor astutum goh paher yev astutun aser yes During this time, during the Last Supper, Jesus said, "I'm going somewhere, and where I'm going, you can't come now." Yes, very intriguing. Jamana korna Jesus nasma. Yes, er talu am meter. Atag vor yes kenum am dukchek karorga kim hetevit. And this is John 13 verse 37. Hovanes tasyerek yeresun yot. 
Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I come now? I'm paraphrasing. He said, why can't I come now? I'm ready to die for you. Peter knows Jesus. And he's confident in his own ability to serve him. He says, even if everyone else leaves you, I will follow you, I will die for you. No one else makes this claim. But John, meanwhile, is just resting on Jesus's chest. John is receiving from Jesus. John has positioned himself to receive love from Jesus. He allows Jesus to wash his feet. He's not trying to serve or perform. But yet Peter is confident of his own ability. So what happens when the crucial time of um, Jesus' arrest occurs? What, what does Peter do? And when it comes to the cross, what does John do? Peter denies Jesus. He doesn't only deny him, he denies him with cursing and swearing. But John stays at the foot of the cross. It's to John that Jesus entrusts the care of his mother. This is, I think, a, a picture of the, the Peter and John, their, their position um, in terms of the way they saw Jesus. Peter saw himself as an able servant. With something to offer Jesus. But when the crucial time came, Peter fled. John saw himself as someone that needed to receive from Jesus. And when the crucial moments came, John was able to serve him. So that John positioned himself to receive from Jesus and ended up serving Jesus. Peter was always trying to serve Jesus and ended up fleeing. 
مدقی هاستا بر پاخا بیسوسید but then there was a change so what happened to Peter and I want to say that what happened to Peter um, is before Pentecost because John and Peter um, this was all happening prior to Pentecost. Even before Pentecost, Jesus had given them um, the ability through the Spirit of God to heal the sick, to cast out demons. He had um, given this authority to the twelve. And then he had done the same for the seventy-two. So they had um, power by the Spirit. But when Pentecost happened, I think not only did they receive um power from on high but they received a revelation suddenly they understood the scriptures what had been a mystery to them before was now beginning to open. But Peter started to understand this even before Pentecost. As a result of his denying the Lord. You see, Peter knew that the commandments of God was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Peter would have been present when Jesus discussed this with the Pharisees. One day, a, a lawyer who was also a Pharisee had come to Jesus. Sorry. And he had asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus knew the hearts of the people that were asking him And Jesus said to this lawyer, how does the law read to you? So the lawyer said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And your neighbor as yourself. And what type of love is this? Well, in the Greek, it's the agape love. And you've probably heard before that there are different words for love in Greek. One 
Well, the agape love is the highest form of love. It's the sacrificial love. The purest love. And not only is the agape part important, but the word all with all your heart all your soul all your mind all your strength it's an all encompassing love and Jesus said to this um, lawyer, you've answered correctly, if you do these things, you will live. And now can anyone do these things? Perhaps Peter had thought that he could do it. After all, he had said to Jesus, even if all the rest leave you, I will lay down my life for you. Peter had been confident of his own agape love for God. Whereas John was confident in God's agape love for him. Now you can imagine when Peter denies Jesus. It must have been completely crushing for him. How could he ever come back from that event? Especially when he'd been so vocal about how wonderfully he was going to serve God. But one day after Jesus' resurrection, he comes to the um, disciples who are fishing. And he's made breakfast for them. And he asks Peter some questions. He asks Peter, do you love me? He asks this three times. But in the Greek, the first two times he says, do you agapath me? And what does Peter reply? Before he had denied Christ, he probably would have said, yes, Lord, of course I agape you. But he says, in the English it reads, Lord, you know that I love you. He says, you know that I feel you. Yeah, it means I'm fond of you. That's a much lower 
Agapen vor Jesus neroktovo. Jesus asks him again, do you agape love me? Petros, do inzi agape onmes? And Peter replies, you know that I feel love. Norits Petros pataskanume, ayo iman mes vor yeskezanis durisagalis, filonakh gordzatsum. I'm fond of you. Yeskezanis durisagalis. This time Jesus changes it to Peter, are you fond of me? Yeror tankama Jesus pokhume irakhos kasme Petros tu inzi durit galise. Now Peter is sad. Heto Petros takhrume. He knows that Jesus is low at the level. Pe imanum evor Jesusa irabana tsatsa berehim, avor esasma yesagapechemanum irabana tsatsratsreler. He wasn't able to achieve the first commandment of agape. Imanum er Petrosa vor chi karoginka et arachi astotso kanuna and he says yes lord you know that i feel o love you i'm fond of you and jesus gives him this charge he says feed my sheep tend my lambs you see, it's when we know that it's God's love for us that's important, and rather than our love for Him, we are able to serve Him. Peter now understood that it was God's love for him that he needed to focus on, not his own ability to love God. And we need to have a revelation of this same truth. You see, it sounds very... Um, I don't know, perhaps righteous to exhort believers and to tell ourselves, oh, we must love God with agape love, with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. But actually, Jesus said, if you fulfill this, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, he said, this sums up the whole law and the prophets. So if you yourself can fulfill the entire law and the prophets, so yet a duke, then why did Jesus die? Then Didn't he die just because we couldn't fulfill the law? Didn't didn't he die to free us from the law? And you know, when people talk about the law, they think sometimes of just the ceremonial laws. 
Like, um, oh, Jesus just died so we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. And we don't need to be circumcised anymore. ցերբան and not only just the Ten Commandments, the first and foremost commandment to love God. So, am I saying that Jesus sets us free from the Ten Commandments? Yes. Yes. Are you at Yes. Jesus died so that we would be free. Jesus died so that we would be released from the curse of the law. Am I saying that the Ten Commandments are bad in any way? No. The Ten Commandments are good. The law is holy. The law is good. But there is one problem with it. We cannot keep it. And that is why Christ died. He died to position us in him. He fulfilled the law perfectly. He positioned us in him in his death. And then he raised us with him in his resurrection. And when that happened, he freed us from the law. And just to um, show you this from the Bible, there are so many verses that say what I've just said. But I'll just take a couple. Romans chapter 7 Roma Ian verse 4 It says therefore my brethren or my brothers you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to another to him Jesus who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God he says you were made to die to the law. 
কাননেরি হামার দিস ইজ নট জাস্ট দ্য সেরিমোনিয়াল ল এসিমেনা এট ফুকস বানে কাননেরি মাসিন চি হোসুম দিস ইজ দ্য ল দ্যাট গড গেভ টু what's his name I was going to make a joke but I've got in chat and has to whatever it was but it's Moses it kanuneri masine khosum astavat Moses intavav this is the law written on stones es tasat hamarneri masine khosum tasat kanuneri ne vor kharivra grets yev Moses intavav verse 6 says but now we have been released from the law veteror thamar nasven menk azatvelenk es kanunerits having died to that by which we were bound and now it tells us what the result is it says so that we serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter You see Hebrews tells us the same thing. And you Hebrewi Hebrewi Gerkimeshnoin banna. It says if the first covenant was perfect, asma yete arachik kanona lerivelel. If it had been able to achieve um righteousness if it, if it had produced the fruit of righteousness in us, yete karoganar mezamar makrutyun vhaskater, there would have been no need for a second. Karik chuner Jesus gar mezamar but the law can never produce the fruits of righteousness like peter if we try to um, please god by by thinking that we can muster up this great love for him we will fail of petrosin man menkel because then we are relying on our own strength but if we realize that god is gracious like john and that we ourselves are unstable like the name of peter then we will trust in his love for us and that will cause us to serve in the spirit and then we will fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus always said I give you a new commandment. To love God and to love your neighbor. But how is it new? Isn't it the same as the old commandment? Yes it is in a sense the same. Ayo jiste norever Jesus nasavashagertin tvela noyna nervorin hinener. But the difference is fights mat arberchunkar. We fulfill Jesus's commands by re- receiving and trusting in his love for us. Mink et bankanune katarum enk vstaelov astuserin hantep mezi. The law before Jesus came was given and demanded the um people to do it to obey yeah to obey it kanuna hisusit arach vor yekav me kaniat mezi bana haramaner er tvel er jogovurtin yev asmer katarek eti petke duk 
One causes us to focus on ourselves, on our own abilities to perform. And the other causes us to focus on Jesus. On what he has done for us. And the wonderful thing is the more we realize what he has done for us. Then the love of God, the agape love of God, does start to flow through us. It is one of the fruit of the Spirit. But you, you develop that fruit by positioning yourself in Christ. In bringing to remembrance what he has done for you. In remembering how much he loves you. So this is what I want to remind us. Remember that the grace of God is unmerited favor. That means you cannot merit it by what you do. Remember that the law is holy and righteous and good. But because we couldn't keep it, Jesus died for us. When, when he died for us, we died to the law because we were crucified with him in Christ. We were put into Christ. When he was raised, we were raised with him. We're not bound to the law anymore. We are bound to another. We are bound now to Christ. And that's how God looks at us. He doesn't look at what we're doing. It's, it's a simple matter of are you in Christ or are you not in Christ? But Jesus gives us this assurance. And I'll finish with this. He assures us that if we remain in him, we will bear much fruit. This is the passage of the vine and the branches. I believe that he gave this parable to reassure the disciples. You see, just before he had told them that one of them is going to betray them, betray him. 
He had told them when he washed them, he said, you're all clean, but one of you isn't. And he was talking, of course, we know about Judas. And then when he tells them the, the parable of the vine and the branches, he reminds them that they are clean. What a strange thing to say. Unless you want to reassure them that what I'm about to tell you, the bad part, doesn't refer to you. He says you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So how are they going to know when they've just spent three years with Judas who's then betrayed Jesus. How are they going to tell the true believer from the false? And actually the letter of um, 1 John is all about this Hold the same concept. The whole letter is based about um, what, discerning who is the false teacher, who is the truth. What's the spirit of truth and what's the spirit of error? What's the spirit of Christ and what's the spirit of the Antichrist? Well, Jesus gives us a picture to show that it's going to be very Obvious. He says that he is a vine yes. and we are like branches. Yes, and he says if we remain in him, we will bear fruit. And that's it. It's as simple as that. If we, if we remain in um, knowing that he loves us, because after all, that's the gospel, the unmerited favor of God, the yeah. grace of God. And we are in that truth. Then fruit will come. Maybe he was hinting to Peter, you don't have to try and make the fruit. Just stay in me, he was saying. Just stay in my love for you. Focus on my love for you. And fruit will come. But if you're not in Christ, if you haven't received his love for you, 
you won't bear fruit. And then you will be broken off. That's it. It's a simple thing. It's discerning the true from the false. The believers who are really in Christ, to those who are just claiming to be believers like Judas, who never really accepted the finished work of Jesus. It's not to bring fear. It's to bring reassurance. That all we need to do is just accept his love for us. And the true um, followers will do that. Okay. So my last my last verse. He says in Romans chapter six. Roma Verse seventeen. He says, Thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, Park you became obedient from the heart. Uh, duk, uh, 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 to that form of teaching to which you were committed. What does what obedience is God looking for? Obedience from the heart to that form of teaching. In other words, obedient to believe the teaching of the grace of God. If we receive the fact that we are positioned in Christ, we believe that Jesus has done what we couldn't do, we will receive his love for us and his love will flow through us. Remember your position. It's not your performance. Don't try to fulfill the commands of God to love him and to love your neighbor. Although those commands are good and holy and righteous, we don't fulfill them by trying to. Instead, position yourself like John. Who remembered the grace of God. Who remembered what God had done for him. And then you will fulfill the law of God, the law of Christ. Amen. Amen.